At your desk, on your phone, in the car. It's a show specifically for you, Sacramento. Whitey. She got a new song out of this anyway. Hoops, I did it again. So that's... Right. Hello. No. Nope. Uh, no. Watkins. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. I don't want to be the wet blanket on everybody. It's Whitey and Watkins, and it starts. Hurry up! No. 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 Chris Watkins today, but he's doing fine. He's doing much better, and he should be back in the plant tomorrow. So look who's here, the one and only Kyle Draper. Man, you guys got wow. me out of bed early. This is early for me, you know. I'd usually just uh, be on my second cup of coffee right now, watching a little first take or whatever's on. And But here I am ready to do four hours with you, my yeah, friend. We're thrilled to have you with us today. And when you and I were last together last week, that was the day that everything, as far as Trey Lance's 49er future, came unraveled before our very eyes and ears. Yes, exactly. And uh, we had a heated, a spirited discussion yes. Uh, about Trey last week, and, and who knew, man? We we knew something was happening, right? And you you pegged it too. You said, you know, maybe they're working on the deal, and then sure enough, you know, a couple of hours before Friday night's game, it's announced, and I'm just like, it's over before it really even got started, right? right the Trey Lance right. era, we never really got to see Trey, the real Trey Lance, play. The one thing you, well, not the one thing, but one of the things you got right about it was when we were kicking it around, the fact that Trey wasn't at practice. I know I was saying, oh, that means they're going to trade him. You said, you know, he might just need a mental health day. And I think you hit the nail on the head there. I was talking to Emil yesterday, and apparently when they told Trey Lance that, hey, look, you're going to be the number three guy, he didn't take it well. He wasn't just upset. He was furious. Yeah, he was crushed, right? Yeah. And, and and rightfully so. Let, let's be honest. Let, let, let's call it what it is, Whitey. You're talking about the number three overall pick. You're talking about a guy the team gave gave the farm up for. So your confidence is high. You're walking into San Francisco, your Niners organization, thinking you're the guy. Last year, they give you the keys to the uh, franchise. You're the starting quarterback week one. You get hurt in week two, and so there's a setback. Maybe your your ego takes a shot a little bit. Your confidence uh, wavers there a little bit. But, but you're you fine. were the starter you're, when you were the starter. You're you're good. Then Brock Purdy comes along. And, and plays lights out, takes your spot. So now you're the second quarterback. And then you get Sam Darnold brought in. And just like that, you go from being the starter of the Niners to being the third stringer to now being uh, traded. I mean, it, it, it has to uh, do something to your confidence, mm-hmm. your psyche, your ego, all of that. So if Trey was crushed, I understand that. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo actually weighed in on this, and we're going to get to that in just a moment. But here's the way it looks. What do you think of this, Kyle? We're kind of guessing here. And again, Emil was in yesterday filling us in on some of this. So a lot of this, though, is still kind of guessing. But this makes sense to me. So you have last week, you had Kyle uh, come out and say, hey, it looks like we're not going to make a decision on number two until right before the season starts. All right. So then who would be upset about that? Well, the agents for Trey Lance and Sam Darnold wouldn't be thrilled about that. Right. Turns out they have the same agent. Ooh. So... Um, speculation is the agent goes to the 49ers and says, this is no good for my clients. You're going to have to make a decision, okay? We're not going to sit there all. And then you said that you're going to go back and forth all, all year long. We we don't want that. So then the next day, Kyle goes to Trey and tells him what's going on. And then, obviously, Trey's not happy about that, nor is his agent. And the agent leaks it 
to the national media what they announced, and then the 49ers got with their <laughs> pants down, and that's one reason why they looked so dumb is because they kind of got blindsided. And that's that's on them. doesn't excuse it, but they got blindsided. They didn't know what to do there initially. Yeah, they, they didn't. And, you know, the, the PR department, the marketing, however you want to spin it, they got caught off guard with that. And so and the day that we were on, when Kyle Shanahan didn't speak, I'm like, what the heck? You yeah. got to, you know, their crisis uh, response unit inside. <laughs> it, 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 it was not good. No. It was not good last week. And so, uh, and then after the trade, you hear from John Lynch, you hear from Kyle Shanahan and their press conferences, their, 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 you know, uh, statements were sort of similar. Like, you know, they came out with the message that, you know what? It just didn't work out. We'll take the blame for it. You know, so now they're trying to, you know, take blame for it. Which, but by it, the way, you better. Yeah, but you yeah, better. Yeah, yeah. But it was a talking point. <laughs> yes, it, it was yes. like somebody from D.C. wrote that or something. Somebody in politics. You know, it it, it didn't, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see. And I, I maintain that, all right, I get it trading Trey. I wish you would have developed him. But now your hopes are riding on Brock Purdy, you know. And so if Brock Purdy turns out to be the guy you think they are, Nobody will remember it. You know, nobody will be talking about it. But if you come up short, maybe Brock Purdy isn't that guy. Then you get more questions. You get scrutinized even more. Don't you think if you're Trey Lance, again, just guessing, speculating, my guess is that he went into the offseason thinking, I got hurt. That's okay. And there was a report that Kyle told him at some point, uh, you're going to have to fight for the backup job. And Trey told him, no, I'm going to I'm gonna make you change the way you see me. Mm. So that was his mindset. And you know that he had family and friends right going, hey, Sam Darnold's terrible. You're good. You're going to be – don't you think? Honestly, wouldn't you, if you knew him, wouldn't you say, you know, uh, they could bring in Sam Darnold, but that guy's not very good. You're in good shape. And then – so he probably thought, yeah, I'm better than that guy. And then when it comes down to it and they announce you're the number three guy, that was a blow. Well, well, here's the thing, and this is what we know about most athletes. They feel they're the best. You know, they, they do have a, a confidence and an air about them that, you know what – Bring in Sam Darnold. I'm still going to be better than him. And then once Trey realized, oh, snap, Sam Darnold is talented. Kyle actually liked Sam Darnold. I think the writing was on the wall for him. And, uh, you know, I I will say this about the Trey Lance situation. And and I know I've beaten up Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, and, and rightfully so. But there were a number of factors that played into this, mainly injuries. You know, and so we can get on Kyle as much as we want. We can get on uh, John Lynch as as much as we want. If Trey Lance stays healthy, who knows where we're at? You know, maybe he has last season develops, and by the end of last season, he's playing extremely well. You know, and so I, I just think it was a, a cavalcade of of things that just sort of cascaded an you imperfect know, storm, an Im- a, imperfect storm. You know, from the draft, trading up to get him, all the picks to you know, the injuries to Brock Purdy catching, in my eyes, lightning in the bottle and really taking off. And so uh, I'm happy for Trey because I'll be honest, I look at the situation in Dallas, we're already hearing rumblings that Dak may not be the guy. You know, like this is a make or break year for Dak Prescott. And so I think give it a year or two, Trey Lance could be in a better position than he would have been here in San Francisco. On the chat here, thanks for being with us today on YouTube. Russell says, Trey is rightfully upset he's not good enough to be a QB2 in the NFL. If he's mad at anyone, he should Come be mad on. at himself. Russell, 
Grow a pair. What is that? What does that mean? Wait, come wait, on. Grow a pair. No, I, I like, come on. This is a weak take. This is a guy by sitting behind a keyboard right now coming at Trey Lance. How do we know he's not good enough? We haven't even seen Trey Lance. We have not seen Trey Lance, and that's my thing. He's coming off an injury year as well. Let's not forget that. And so, well, Russell's right. He's not good enough right now. I mean, nah, that's why but, they went with Sam Donald. He said if he's mad at anyone, he should be mad at himself. That's a, he shouldn't be mad at himself. He got hurt. He never really got an opportunity to be the guy and get reps. And and I I'm sorry. How many NFL quarterbacks do we know that come in right from the jump and just take off? Give Brock Purdy credit. He did it. But let's not forget, Brock Purdy had Christian McCaffrey. You know, he had Debo. I like yep. he can Trey Lance didn't have Christian McCaffrey when he played in week one. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't have Christian McCaffrey, uh, you know, the last two or three years that he was the starter. And so Brock Purdy steps into a ready-made system. And we've said on this show time and time and time again, Whitey, that this Niners offense, all you need is sort of a game manager. You can't tell me Trey Lance can't be a game manager. You can't tell me Jimmy Garoppolo. No, yes, he can. Then why didn't he? He didn't have the weapons. He like, didn't have the weapons. Every time he played, and some of it was preseason, and to he, your point, he, he wasn't with the number backup. ones. He, you're he right. was I not was with the number that. ones. But he held the ball too long, and that's the one thing in Shanahan's system that's like the cardinal sin. Obviously, there's a lot of things you can do wrong. Can't throw the ball to the other team. He did some of that, too. He just didn't play. I think right now, C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson, and they're supremely talented, um, they come to mind as two guys that are rookies that right now you're going to be the starting quarterback. They're both, I think right now, they're way better than Trey Lance. And Trey Lance has been in the league a while, but he just, he has to play. And how is he going to play in Dallas? That's what worries me from his standpoint about the Dallas situation. How is he going to get to play? No, but because here's the, and I, I go back to my Markel Foltz analogy with the 76ers. Sometimes you need a new environment to build yourself back up. Right sure. now, Trey needs to be built back up confidence-wise. He needs to be built back up as an NFL quarterback. And I'm not going to put the blame on him. Russell in our chat says, Dak, Joe Burrow, Brock Purdy, Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence, just to name a few guys who just stepped in. Trevor Lawrence didn't just step in and take off running. Trevor Lawrence didn't just – they gave him the time. He knew it was his uh, – team to run That's and true. so they instilled confidence That's in him factual. let him take his lumps yep. and then by the end of last season he was off and running and so don't give me that and, and so I honestly think that instilling confidence in your quarterback is maybe priority number one for a head coach because you have to be on the same page as your quarterback I don't know if Kyle and Trey were ever on the same page hmm but uh, how where was Kyle supposed to instill confidence in him when he played, they gave him the job, and he got hurt. He kept getting hurt. Which again, and that's I'm why not, we said it's yeah. an imperfect storm. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I'm beat up, Kyle. I beat up John. I get it. You know, but the injuries were a part of it. You know, it, it was bad luck for Trey Lance. Not not just last season, the year before that too. And so it, that's why I think this move to Dallas is a, a move that needed to happen. Not only for the Niners, but for Trey as well. He needed a fresh start, I think. Yeah, I understand all that. I'm just worried about, like I said, when is he going to play? And he's behind Cooper Rush now. He doesn't know the system there. Um, So by the time he knows the system well enough to play, when is there going to be an opportunity? I hope there is. I'd like to see him succeed. I just, to me, it's like the Dallas situation, yeah, it's different, but I don't see how it's that much better for him than the 49ers situation. But I see your point. It seems like there's a path there for him to get 
to the right. number I don't know if Dak's that the guy next year. I, and I don't know how much they, they value and, and love Cooper Rush. And so I'm not thinking about this season for Trey Lance. I, I, this is not about this season for Trey. I'm talking about in the offseason and going into next season, a year plus removed from the injury, build his confidence well, up, right. and then see what happens. Especially, I'm telling you, I think Dak is on shaky ground out there in Dallas, you know, because they think they should be competing for Super Bowls. And the narrative is the quarterback position is where they're lacking at. And I don't know if Trey Lance is the answer, but in their mind, maybe Dak definitely is not the answer, and they may make a change. Don't you think that's interesting? It reflects the two different philosophies of how you build a team, and the 49ers are more, we um, we want a young quarterback so we can afford to pay our other guys. Mm. And in Dallas, it's more traditional. I know I'm rounding off the edges, but in Dallas, it's like, we got to have the quarterback. That's not the way the 49ers really look at it. Right. I don't know which is right, which is wrong. It's, it's all about win. ultimately winning, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And, and if the Niners win... Their philosophy worked for them. You know, if the Cowboys win. But I maintain, when you look at the NFL, most of the time you need that guy. Most teams have that guy. Like, there's a reason why we talk about the Bengals as a Super Bowl contender. It's because of Joe Burrow. You know, it's a reason, you know, Kansas City can lose a Tyreek Hill. Uh, It's because they got a Patrick Mahomes, you know. When you have that guy, that gives you a chance. And then maybe you don't need to fill up you know, like the Niners did. The Niners are forced to surround their quarterback with so much talent because they don't have that guy. Yeah. Did you hear that uh, was reported yesterday? Well, I guess it was Friday. Shanahan, when he actually spoke, he said, when we made the decision to get Trey, we decided we needed a young quarterback on a rookie contract so we could keep our team together. And so I think one of their mistakes was just deciding. And they, I remember at the time they said, we're going to, get somebody at three. We're not sure who we want, but we know that that person's going to be good enough. I mean, how dumb is that? <laughs> is it going to be Fields? Is it going to be Mac Jones? Is it going to be Trey Lance? We don't know, but we like all of them enough to give up all that draft right. capital. I think you go back to that, and that, that's not Trey's fault. I think their inexperience as as people putting teams together, assembling rosters, I think it really showed in that decision, and I think that hurt them. Yeah, and, and, and this narrative that, you know what, it'll be one of these three guys. Where did Mac Jones get drafted? 16th, I think it was. Uh, he was still on the board. So he probably may yeah. have still been on. Yeah. They went up to get Trey Lance. Let, let's let's call it. They didn't go up to get Mac Jones. They would have us believe that someone was going to go up to get Mac. I don't know if that's true, but that's what they want us to believe. If we hadn't done that, someone else would have traded up to get him. To your point, we'll never know. Right. It may not be true. Exactly. And, and, and they it, never considered Fields, really. The 49ers never and, wanted And he him. may be the best out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, you're right. Yeah. Uh, so it's Kyle Draper in for Chris Watkins today. When we come right back, Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah, weighing in on Trey Lance in the trade to the Cowboys. And to me, it's what Jimmy isn't saying that's even more interesting than what he is saying. Next, Kyle Draper, Waddy Gleason, Sacktown Sports. Watkins now on YouTube. Search Sacktown Sports and watch the show from your desk. Hey, Kyle Draper just got taller. What's up? How'd that happen? Wow. Dude, I, I felt like I was at the kids' table over here. I'm like, man, my Trey Lance take and Brock Purdy take relegated me to the kids' table here. So I need a more sturdy, yeah, upright now chair. Yeah, I'm looking up at you. Exactly, and I'm like, hey, exactly. exactly. Hey. All is right in the world now. <laughs> uh, Chris Watkins is off today. Chris should be back. 
tomorrow. Kyle Draper in. Thrilled to have Kyle back with us today as we continue to break down what in the world is going on with the 49ers and Trey Lance. On the uh, chat here, Kyle, from Sean, this is the – what do you think of this? Mm. You had a unique perspective on this comment. This is the NFL version of Marvin Bagley. If Lance was drafted at 11, this isn't even a story. I agree to an extent. If he was drafted in his original position where the Niners had him, they would not have given up so many picks. To me, when you make the kind of trade for Trey Lance that you you make, you signal to me he's your guy. You're going all in. This is our we're giving up three first rounders, a second rounder. We're giving up everything to get this guy. He's our quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years. And so if you just um so I'm looking at I got to close my computer. I can't I can't read the chat while doing this show. It, it throws me off. Some of your comments out there. But Trish no. looks like he's standing. At this I know. Time. I know. I do feel a little upright. But, you know, if you draft Trey uh, at your current position at 12, then it's like, all right. First round QB, you know, you believe in him. But you didn't jump up to get them. You didn't mortgage the house, the college kids, uh, your kids' college education. You didn't put everything in this one basket. And so I I agree there with the text. We're not having this uh, discussion. But also, and and I'm going to preface this by saying, I like Trey Lance. I think he's going to be a good quarterback. I don't know if he's going to be a stud. But the pressure that was placed upon him from day one, not only you give up everything to get them, but you're the Niners. You're the 49ers organization. The quarterback position, that comes with a little cachet, a little pressure as well. And so from day one, he was anointed, you know, for lack of a better word, as he's going to be yeah. the guy. The pressure is going to be, and it, he never lived up to it. And don't you think the pressure was unique even for a young quarterback? Like you compare him again to, I mentioned Anthony Richardson. He came out this week and said, you know what? People want me to lead the Colts to the Super Bowl, and, you know, I want to do that, but I, I don't know if I can now, but I want to. But with Trey Lance, it wasn't, hey, we're building a, a, on you. You'll lead us to the Super Bowl. It was, we got a Super Bowl team. Don't screw it up. Don't screw it up. Yeah. We, we need you right now yeah. to be your best. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and Anthony Richardson, from all accounts, he looks like a good quarterback. But think about this. Look at his first, I think it was his first two preseason games. Mm. Yeah. He was awful. Yeah. He was awful. Right. You know, Trey Lance, not even this year was afforded that opportunity. You know, from week one of the preseason when Trey wasn't that good, it was, oh, this guy can't play. You heard the national narrative, some of the people out there calling him a bum, a bust, and all this. And it's like, give the man time to develop. Anthony Richardson can go out there and sure, you know, he's the face of the Colts franchise right now. But that's not moving the needle. You know, if he has a bad game, nobody's, you know, ready to call right. him a it's bust. Like, well, of course he did. Uh, right, of yeah. course. Look, he's with the Colts. He's going to take some time and, you know, and he needs weapons around all that, you know. And so I, I just think, you know, regarding Trey, the pressure was on him from day one. And the Niners, when they drafted him, I don't think they thought they had a Super Bowl team just yet. I don't think they thought, you know what, we're ready to win right now. I think they got hot at the end of the season, made a deep run. You could look at last year as well. And they're like, oh, my gosh, we're ready to win now. You look at the landscape of the NFC, the NFC is down big time right now. You know, there's maybe two or three Super Bowl contenders. And so the Niners, they're fast-tracked towards the Super Bowl. 
it, it, it was sped up. Their timeline was fast-tracked. And so we talk about, you know, just the situation with Trey and unfortunate events and all that. That's another one, too. Nobody, when Trey was drafted, I didn't think that the Niners would be Super Bowl favorites in the NFC. I don't think they were one of the two or three best teams in the NFC. What's amazing to me as you're talking there, I'm remembering that rookie year for Trey Lance, uh, you know, initially they had the Trey packages and that wasn't working. It was awkward. The team didn't get off to a very good start that year. And they were struggling to the extent. It was being talked about in the Bay Area that, you know what, if they lose a couple more games – they're just going to play Trey and let him develop. They're right. close to that. Right. But they turned it around, and Jimmy started playing better, and they started winning, and he didn't get that chance either. The other thing that I'm reminded of is where you, you're talking about all the national criticism of Trey Lance a couple weeks ago. The 49ers, the only person that came out and defended Trey Lance was Raheem Mostert, who's not <laughs> even there anymore. Yeah, and the only thing that. that Kyle had to say about it was, you know, that's part of the position. It's like, So yeah. that was another sign. Yeah. Nobody bristled at that. No one said, hey, they don't know what they're talking about. There was silence other than Trey knows that's, hey, that's part of playing the position. Let me ask you this, though, Whitey. Kyle Shanahan gets a lot of credit. Offensive genius. Is he a quarterback guru? Though? Nope. He, okay. All right. Yeah. I, I, I could argue his evaluation of the quarterback position and the development of quarterbacks has been subpar. He has a blind spot time when it comes to quarterbacks, yeah, which yeah. is remarkable. But Bruce Arians, I think he literally wrote a book called The Quarterback Whisperer. Bruce <laughs> Arians goes in, works with the guys, gets the best out of them. They win. They appreciate his coaching. Kyle works with guys, and they end up being annoyed with him. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe he's hard, harder on quarterbacks than any other position, and, you know, he, he thinks the quarterback should be an extension of himself, should run the offense the way he sees it mm-hmm. to, to be run. That's and, what he liked about Trey. I thought, this guy right. doesn't know anything. He's going to learn everything through my eyes. Right, right. And he could mold him and meld him into how he wants to be, and it, it just didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but even uh, Matt Ryan talked about, hey, Kyle, the plays took so long to get in. <laughs> and we know, you know, Jimmy and Kyle were, they really had an interesting relationship, to say the least. Jimmy, by the way, has weighed in on this. Jimmy Garoppolo spoke with Andrew Siciliano of NFL Network. That interview, I believe, is supposed to air tonight on NFL Network. But we have um, some some comments from Jimmy. He just said, uh, excited for Trey, just a new opportunity for him. Things didn't work out in San Francisco for whatever reasons. Glad he gets another shot, man. This league's all about opportunities. When you get a fresh one like that, you've just got to take advantage of it. Uh, He says, uh, I don't know how the whole thing shook out and everything. While I was there, Kyle was going to call the plays for you. You've just got to go up there and execute them to the best of your ability. Trey's a brother of mine. So, like I said before, I'm always pulling for him. I think he's got a bright future in this league. Dude's got talent. Just got to get him out there. I think what's unsaid there is Jimmy is saying, yeah, they should have just played me the whole time. <laughs> right, don't you think? <laughs> All right, right. And and, and and I will say, Jimmy, to his credit, says a lot of words without saying much. Absolutely. You know, like, Absolutely. He, he said a lot there, really didn't say anything. He He's going to be Mr. PC and, and say all the right things. He's my and teammate, he's my brother. Right, he won't give any bulletin board yeah. material yeah. or anything like that. But, you know, I agree with him about Trey needing the shot. And you look at Jimmy Garoppolo's tenure uh, with the Niners. Did Jimmy develop as a quarterback over that time? If anything, he may have regressed. Right. And and, and so I, I just feel playing quarterback under Kyle Shanahan 
is very difficult. I, I think, you know, A, you got to do it his way, obviously. And B, you can fall out of favor extremely quickly, very quickly. And I think that's what happened with Jimmy G. And, you know, last year with the injury to Trey, he had to play Jimmy Garoppolo. He had no uh, intention of Jimmy G seeing the field last season. It was Trey last It was Lance a miracle that, that Jimmy was back on the team last year. Yeah, exactly. We we thought the year before he was uh, probably going to be gone. And, and so um, I think playing quarterback for Kyle Shannon is extremely difficult. And right now, Brock Purdy is that nice, shiny guy. He's my guy, you know. Kyle Shannon has attached himself to Brock Purdy. But how long before Purdy falls out of favor? You know what Coke? I call that, Kyle? Excuse yeah. me, but I, yeah. the guys get shanitized. Ooh. They play for him. And a Jimmy G, that first year he was there, it took a while before they played him. And he was running around and playing loose and leading yeah. comebacks. Next year, he had a great year, but early in the year, it's like, what's wrong with Jimmy? It's like he's got the yips or something. He's, he's processing, <laughs> he got sanitized. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so... If I'm a Niners fan and and I I, I see them out on Twitter, I, I see them out on the streets and everything, and a lot of them will defend Kyle Shanahan to the end. But if it doesn't work out with Brock Purdy, and I'm not talking about wins and losses, I'm talking about the quarterback himself. If Brock Purdy, who looked great last season, let's say he starts off great and then tails off, and then Kyle Shanahan doesn't believe he's the guy. I mean, how many quarterbacks are we going to cycle through this organization before we start pointing our finger at Shanahan and John Lynch? It's a great point. I thought Trey Lance would have to be the guy. Now he gets a little bit of an extension with Brock. If Brock ends up being the guy, okay. It fell in your lap, but it worked out. If not, maybe Kyle shouldn't be making these decisions, Mm. right? Uh, Coming up here, last night at Oracle. Wow, it was a wonderful night for Giants fans. And it was a little weird, too. That's next here. Kyle Draper, Whitey Gleason, Sacktown Sports. Kevin Michael, Whitey Gleason, Kyle Draper today. Chris Watkins recuperating, should be back tomorrow. Jordy Fernandez, Kyle, how long before he's an NBA head coach? Oh, man, what, what he, I know Canada has a, a great roster, but he has those guys playing extremely well. I give it uh, towards uh, the, the first of the year. How about that? I give it two, two and a half months in the season. Really? Because somebody will get fired that first uh, month or two. Somebody, one team will try and probably make a, a move, and we'll hear Jordy's name uh, being thrown out there. And so, Billy Donovan. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that might happen, you yeah. know. Chicago, uh, to me, underachieving in recent years. But it, it'll be interesting because, you know, I think, um, who was it, Brian Windhorst? He, he just did a nice write-up on Jordy uh, the other day at, uh, talking about how Very Fernandez nice. is really the, the next guy, you know, that young up-and-coming guy. And good for him. Uh, he's Mike Brown's right-hand man, though. So uh, that, that would be a huge loss, I think, for the Kings. What an incredible story, too, the Windhorst mm-hmm. story you mentioned. I believe that how my ducks in a row, Jordy Fernandez was involved in some investments or something, doing extremely well and then just left that to become a non-paying coaching intern somewhere because, like, well, that's what I want to do. And obviously yeah. he's made the best of it. Yeah, Mike Brown uh, discovered him out in Vegas. Uh, he started working out with Mike Brown's son, training him. And Mike Brown said, hey, why don't you come to Cleveland uh, with yeah. me? You know, when Mike Brown was in Cleveland, uh, had him staying at his house. And uh, his wife was like, uh, oh, 
why is this guy? Why are we bringing this guy here? And he started training his son in Cleveland and then offered him an unpaid position on the staff. And then the rest is history. And, uh, you know, all your dreams. Right. But and now he's coaching Team Canada and uh, a soon to be NBA coach, I I would say, within the next year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Last night was a wonderful night for Giants fans. Also had to be strange. Because the Giants are chasing Arizona for the final wild card spot. Arizona is playing the Dodgers. So last night, Giants fans had to root for the Dodgers. That does not come easily. It doesn't come easily. but And you got to do it again tonight uh, as well. But you know what? This is one of those times where... California, we all got to stick together, right? You know, we're all from the great state of California, so let let let's band together. And uh, you know, I, I would imagine, uh, you know, do, do the Dodgers want to see the uh, Giants in the postseason? Huh. I, I don't know if the Dodgers are scared of anybody right now. Braves uh, we, are certainly scared yeah, of the Braves. Bra- Braves, of course. Yeah, I think everybody's afraid of the Braves. But we saw even a couple of years ago when the Giants won what 107 games. You know, the Dodgers said, all right, come on, let's go with it. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. we saw what happened. But, no, it's, uh, you know, this is what, you know, expanding the playoffs, uh, adding more wild card, this is what it's about, right? You yep. know, you got the final month of the season coming up, and now every game is important for the Giants. You know, you're taking on the Reds, a team right behind you, handle your business, then let Dodgers beat the Diamondbacks. And so, as a Giants fan, yesterday was perfect. You get the win and the Dodgers beat the D-backs. That's how it should be. Yeah, and the ballpark had life in it again. And I wasn't mm-hmm. there, but that's been one of the issues for the Giants and Giants fans this year. Even when the team was playing well, it felt kind of antiseptic and impersonal because they're analytics-driven. They didn't go out and get any big stars. I think we talked about it last week. Yeah. Who's the face of this Who's team? The face? Uh, well, last night, Kyle Harrison dominated in just his second Major League start. Six and a third, three hits. 11 strikeouts in mm. six and a third. And that place wasn't full last night. See if I can find the attendance numbers here. I'm not sure what they were. But it's going to fill up if, if the team continues to play like that and the young players continue to play well. Because this was the plan. I still don't know if it's going to work, but developing their own stars last night was a huge step forward in making that plan a reality. Yeah, and, and when you look at the Giants and, and developing their stars, you know, I was one of the people bummed at the trade deadline, that they didn't go out there and make major moves. Let's go for it. Now's the time. Because you were right there battling the Dodgers at that point. I think a game and a half back, something like that. You know, two games. It it was really close. Then the Dodgers took off. They made some moves, obviously, and took off. But, you know, if you can get into the postseason this year, if you're the Giants, with this roster, I consider that a win. I, yeah, I consider that a win. You Absolutely. know, not necessarily advancing. If you advance, great. But really, this roster, let's keep it real, is not a World Series contender right now. And so this is a bonus year, I think. You know, back in Boston, Theo Epstein back in the day would call it a bridge year. I, I think you're sort of, uh, you know, in a bridge year uh, if, if you're the Giants right now. You make the playoffs you know, you instill some confidence. Some of your young guys get that experience. Then maybe this offseason you go out there and add somebody, a sprinkle in, and then next year you're in a much better position. You developed the young guys. You made some uh, critical moves during free agency, and now you have a roster that can really contend. I think, Kyle, you touched on one of the big issues for Giants fans as far as a bridge year because when Farhan took over, they had a series of bridge years trying to bridge the gap between those teams that won in 2010, mm-hmm. 2012, 2014, and then whatever their future was going to be. So when they won, as you alluded to that year, they won 107. I think a lot of fans felt like, well, here we are. We're, we're here. We're ahead of right. schedule. 
And then last year, they regressed. They were 500. They weren't able to land any big-name free agents. So I think a lot of fans felt cheated, like, oh, wait, what was all that about? And now the Dodgers are they're spending money and getting free agents again. Where are we? But that's why I think the plan has been, you know, Farhan, people criticize him for not spending money. I'm sure Farhan would love to spend money, but I just don't think that's his job. But if you can develop your young players and if they can become stars, which is always way harder than it sounds. Right. Uh, but if you got a guy like Harrison and he becomes a star pitcher, then it might just work. And fans gravitate to the homegrown player. Yeah, and you look at what the Braves have done. You know, their farm system, you know, over the last 10 years, however you want to call They've done excellent. They've done so great that they can let some of their stars leave, and they still got guys they coming up Freddie behind. Freeman. Right? They, yeah. uh, you know what, Freddie? Go ahead. Go go to LA. We, we got guys coming up, and so to me, that the Braves are the model organization. But they've also made some big splashes too. You know, they've they've been strategic about what they've done, and so I, I think if you can follow the Braves. Uh, then you have sustained success. You know, to me, there, there's two schools of thought. Well, three if you want to count some of the teams that just don't spend any money at all. But you got the Yankees, the the, the uh, Dodgers, those kind of things. The Red Sox should be in that mix, although they haven't uh, spent a whole lot uh, you put recently. put the Padres in there Yeah, the Padres in there. They're trying to buy championships. That's what they're trying to do. Whereas you look at the Braves, the Astros to an extent, you know, they're, they've developed guys over the years, and they, they're hoping to have sustained success and so if i'm the giants as a fan sure i want that shiny new uh prize i I want that shiny new toy i want to challenge every single year but if it means you know playing a slow long game and having four five years six years sustained success i'm okay with it yeah i think fans are too if the brand is exciting enough to get emotionally attached to like what we saw last night i mean that was kyle harrison was unbelievable well, and, and and that's the thing that's been the question mark with, with this team all season long to me is, you know, depth at the starting pitching spot. You know, a lot of times, you know, they've gone with openers or, you know, they, they just try to get you, you know, to the sixth, seventh inning. You know, you got a guy, what, what did he uh, pitch last night? What was it? Uh, six six and into a, the seventh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll take that every single night. You know, mm-hmm. that's like a relic right there. His you know, parents and, were there and he had family yeah, there yeah. and – yeah. yeah, exactly. And so uh, you got a guy that can eat up some innings, don't tax the bullpen, and uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. 11 Ks last night. Yeah. 11 Electric. Ks. That, that's impressive. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the Braves. What would you think of what went down last night in Colorado? Ronald Acuna Jr. confronted by two fans in right field during the game. Uh, he ended up getting knocked to the ground. I think he tripped over a security guy. It was a very scary scene. Nothing happened. Um, as far as anyone getting hurt, but you did have these two fans out there. And of course, when that happens, you never know what they're going to do. Very frightening, ultimately harmless, but still very disturbing. Very disturbing. And, you know, what's the fan trying to accomplish there? They're five minutes of fame, 15 minutes of fame or whatever. But I think there needs to be a better job done protecting the players and the athletes on the floor because we're living in a time now where, and we're seeing it all around uh, our country, things are heightened right now. You know, the frustration level is high among people, the anxiety level, everyone wants to make a statement and, you know, not just one, but two people were able to get out there and uh, really come in physical contact 
with the Kuna. I, I, I think something needs to be done. Uh, I think security. I always wonder about a basketball game, too. You know, you have tons Absolutely. of security out there, but all it takes is one fan to just run out there and, and do whatever they want to do. And so I hate to say uh, it, but you remember years ago, Monica Sellis. Yes, yes, yes. She got stabbed was, in the back. Yeah. 1993. Yeah. Oh. Oh, <laughs> you're aging me. Oh, my gosh. That was that long ago, yeah. huh? Wow, not 20 years. You're talking 30 years ago? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. And so uh, that that was bizarre. That was concerning. And I don't know how you how, how you do it, though. You step up security, but you can't, you know, what do you want to throw out a, a 200 police officers around the, the whole perimeter there? Like, what do you do? I, yeah. I don't know. More security seems like the obvious answer, but I'm sure, well, that's expensive. But just, hey, guys, you know what? I think this is happening more. I've I've watched a number of Giants games this year where you turn it on and they're showing the lights. I was like, why are they showing the lights? And you got Kruko and Kipe saying, well, there's somebody on the field right now. We w- we don't want to show them. And I think I've seen that a couple times this year. And I think you're right. Uh, there's so much going on in the country. People are so angry about everything. I think it's ratcheting up and it's frightening. And somebody needs to figure out how to put a stop to it now. No, I agree with you. I don't know and, how. And, and And like you said, then you start having copycats. Somebody sitting at home, oh, look at that guy yep. doing it. You know, I could do that. And, and it, maybe it's a joke or something like that, but it could become serious very quickly, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, coming up here, you know, we we're just talking about quarterbacks, first part of the show. And <laughs> one NFL team made some very interesting quarterback moves yesterday. Mm-hmm. Has this team already made it clear that they'll be tanking <laughs> in 23 next with Kyle Draper, Whitey Gleason, Sacktown Sports? Download the Sacktown Sports app and listen to Whitey and Watkins on your smartphone. Coming to you via the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. Whitey Gleason, Kyle Draper. What's this, Kyle? I just see here. Sons DeAndre Ayton seen in video with porn star. What? what? Yeah, presumably uh, working on his post moves. I don't know, but I I hadn't heard anything uh, about that. Had you? No, I have yeah. not. What, what site are you on, man? I, New I, York I, Post. I, I don't have those sites on, on my computer. Just oh, right I see there. it right now. New I don't York want, Post. No, That's all. I, I just did a Google search of DeAndre Ayton, and uh, I, I see some uh, images I just don't want to see oh, right boy. now. So I didn't, uh, I didn't mean for my that bad. To my bad. I, I didn't mean <laughs> for that to happen. Oh, Isn't he playing in the uh, World Cup? Uh, right now the uh fiba world cup uh, right guess, now like where, i don't know where is uh, this uh, i think he ju- he was with the bahami uh the bahamas, bahamas. Teams, yeah uh for their olympic uh oh. qualifiers olympic qualifiers so not the FIBA. in argentina okay oh, okay okay that's that, what, all right all right yeah Rilad with the info <laughs> Rilad coming off the top rope giving us that info thanks man yeah, the Suns are supposed to be a lot of fun to watch this year for Phoenix sports fans. Arizona Cardinals. How do you feel about tanking, Kyle? Because it looks like that's what Arizona is doing this year in the and, NFL. And, and, and here's the question. Who are they tanking for? Is it Caleb Williams? And if so, what, you got Kyler Murray. I thought I, I thought he was the guy. You got a new GM. You got a new head coach uh, in the organization. And, you know, I've always said tanking. This is all right, I'm going to get on my soapbox. I had a feeling. Out, feel here like, we I go. Know, I, I've been really surprised. chill today so far. <laughs> How come we only talk about tanking and it's only a problem in the NBA? We've seen the Colts historically in the past Sucked tank for Andrew yeah. Luck. Uh-huh. We've seen it happen before. The Cardinals are tanking right now for 
Caleb Williams, perhaps. But nobody's raising an eyebrow. Nobody's saying anything. The A's are tanking for... I don't know the A's are tanked. (laughs) But we've seen teams tank. The Cubs tanked, and it worked for... The Astros tanked. The Astros tanked. Yeah. But But there's no criticism for that. There's no, you know... No, you're right. Like the Sixers were heavily criticized for the process and open tank. Think about it. In the NBA, they changed the draft lottery to prevent taking. Yes. In the NFL, we've seen taking for years and years and years to come. It's happened, but nobody ever raises an eyebrow. All right, right. that's my soapbox. Right. I there. think I know why that is. I agree with you. Tell 100%. me why. I think if anything, it's because in the NFL. You can maybe tank for a year. We've seen teams in basketball, you know, the the process in Philly, where it was uh, uber tanking. We're going we're to tank year years. after year after year after year after year. Uh, and then you just, the league got to the point where we can't ignore this. we got to do something. I'd be surprised if the Cardinals do it for more than one year because in the NFL, you know, the seasons are so short. I agree with you, and I think you're right, just as far as well, why is that. I think it's just easier for people to ignore in terms of one year. But already, there are some Arizona Cardinal fans right now going, hey, wait a minute. Right. What is that? It's blatant. It's yeah. obvious. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, you you get rid of um, who they just trade. Uh, Isaiah what Simmons, uh, former first-round pick. They they got rid of him, traded him. Uh, you, you got uh, – who's the quarterback? Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy. Yeah, they put uh, you get rid of, on the pup right, list, right. so he can't play for a while. Then they get rid of Colt McCoy and they bring in Josh Dobbs, and it looks like he'll be the starting quarterback. Well, there's less, there's fewer than two weeks before the first right. game, and you got a quarterback who just got here, and the coach very cleverly saying, "Well, we're not saying whether it's Clayton Tune or Josh Dobbs at quarterback. We don't want to give our opponent, uh, you know, a, a, an advantage there." But it's just, it's, it's ludicrous. It, it really is. And if you're a Cardinals fan, I understand tanking. Once the season is done, like, you know, you're out of the playoff hopes. You know, you're 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 three and ten, no hopes for making the playoffs. You know, rest your starters, you know, if Kyler Murray's healthy, save him uh for next season, whatever. But you're tanking before the season. Yes. You're, you're telling right. your fan base, know. you know what? We're not going anywhere this season. We have no hope this season. You know, and, and I understand Kyler Murray's injured, but if you're going this route, why even bring him back this year, right? Like is he going to be back in week seven, week eight, week nine? We don't know. But, you know, you're getting rid of Isaiah Simmons. You're, you're making the trades you're making, getting rid of Colt McCoy. Why not stem the tide until Kyle Kyler comes back? Why not have Colt McCoy and maybe go three and four? And at least you're still in the mix for a wild card or something. Right now, you're signaling, you know what? We're trash. We're going to be trash. And you know what? We're going to, that's our plan, and yeah, we'll we, catch you back next season. We are planning to right. be trash. We're planning yeah, to be we trash. We are caving for Caleb. That's what they are. Oh, <laughs> you just came up with that, huh? I was trying to think of something <laughs> no, that, you know, some sort great. of alliteration. It's you know, not great. It, it just didn't come to me. I like that, though. Caving yeah. for Caleb. I like because, that. Because uh, to your point about uh, Kyler, that's a previous regime. They were all in. You know, they hired him and his coach, who never coached in the NFL. I was like, right. that's all right. It's going to be great. And it wasn't great. Um, so now I think they're ready to move off of him, and that's going to take time. Uh, so yeah, because you're not tanking for an offensive lineman, you're not tanking uh, for a wide receiver. I don't think so. You tank for a franchise quarterback, and uh, you know, according and to scouts luck. and watching him, Caleb Williams is is that guy. I'm a big Caleb fan, and so I get it. You want him to be, but now 
if I'm Kyler, what does that signal to me? You know, what does that signal to the fan base also? Yeah, and if I were an Arizona Cardinal fan, I'd say, why didn't you tell me you are doing this before I had to re-up for my season tickets, right? <laughs> Seriously, like this is garbage. Right, it is. And, and you know it's garbage. But, you know, the NFL and football, it's Teflon. You know, you could do whatever, and the fans will come, you know. You got those eight uh, home games or whatever it is, and, and the fans will be, you know, that'll be the biggest event in that state that week, you know, and it's just the way it is. And and that's the thing. The NFL and their owners are printing money. You don't necessarily have to put out a winning product on the field. You know, we all want to say, you know what, the goal is to win a championship, to win a Super Bowl. Clearly not for every team, at least not this year going into the season, year. you know. Yeah. If you're the Cardinals, you're building for the future. You're saying, you know what? We're punting on this season. We're getting ready for next year already. Yeah. The myth is in every sport, oh, opening day, every team has hope. Every team has a chance. Yeah. When the Arizona Cardinals make it clear, yeah, there's no hope here. Not for this year. You know, I think baseball has taken some actions. And, you know, all their bylaws and everything are so confusing. They don't get as much publicity. But I think they've tried to make efforts to discourage tanking. Not as obvious and as dramatic as what the NBA has done. But – if this type of thing continues, the NFL will have to face it. And you know, to your point, they just as soon ignore it, pretend it's not happening. Um, but if, if this is pretty blatant. Yeah, this think, is blatant. it's just math. It's just the stepchild of analytics. It's like it gives us our best chance to be good next year. That's all. That's all tanking right, is. Right, and, and and that's how they they couch it. You know, that's that's their excuses for it. But as a fan base, you mentioned it. We just bought season tickets. You know, we we, we, we want to go out there and support our team, and you have no pride in your team when you're tanking like this. Few things are worse for a sports fan when the fan realizes, I want to win more than my team wants to win, and I'm paying that. What's right. wrong with this equation? And, and in baseball, what you're seeing, you know, I'm looking at Oakland A's games. They have no hope, and and good for their fan base for not supporting that, that team, that organization, that ownership. You know, I, I'm a I'm a big believer that fans are supposed to speak with their pocketbooks, their wallets. You know, if you don't like the product on the court or on the field, you want something to change, either boo or don't go to the games. I'm a firm believer in that because what incentive do owners have to change if they're still making money? Mm-hmm. You know, and so I, I think you know, kudos to A's fans. You guys aren't standing that st- you know standing up for that. You know, you're putting your foot down and saying we're not supporting this owner and lining his pockets with ticket money and concession money until he puts a good product on the court. Yep. Amen. By the way, coming up, tell you about the NFL coach who says tanking is mythical. It doesn't work. Is he right? Mm-hmm. Also, we'll, we'll tell you about the NFL reporter who says uh, the Trey Lance deal leaves the 49ers, quote, looking like idiots. Do you agree with that? That more next year. It's Kyle Draper, Whitey Gleason, Sackdown Sports.